Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Today is a look back at Thursday night's games. And the title is, And Sometimes It Rains, because, well, we've kind of figured out. Uh, Iowa, the I-Cubs, Matt Swarmer, started six innings, uh, inning, six innings pitch, try that again, uh, 107 pitches, six runs, five earned, seven hits, one walk, six strikeouts, anymore. The Iowa starters pretty much are expected to go a bit over 100 pitches, because the bullpen is taxed to the point where, well, the starting pitchers would probably play, better plan on going about 100 pitches. Eric Yulman came on in relief his first AAA outing. Two innings pitched, three hits, three runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Don't be too concerned by it. Most of it was... Um, bloops and bleeders and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's it'll be an adjustment period for Eric Gulman as it is for most players at pretty much any level that they get advanced to. Ian Miller, two hits, two RBIs, a Beatal Avellino, one for three, run scored, two RBIs. I-Cubs lose nine to four. Speaking of rain, doubleheader in... Knoxville in Kodak, because there was rain earlier in the series. Javier Assad loves seven inning ball games. He's he, he takes to them quite well. Uh, against the Birmingham Barons, Assad goes six and a third innings, five hits, a walk, four strikeouts, one run, one earned. Wasn't going to need a whole lot of help. Tyler Payne singled in two runs in the second inning. Christopher Morrell banged a three-run double the next inning. And it was basically five to nothing the entire way. Brennan Davis had two hits. Brandon Hughes came in for the save late when Assad did have a bit of trouble. Tennessee wins five to one. Wyatt Short starts in the second game in a bullpen matchup. Uh, Short goes gives up two runs. Samuel Reyes gives up two runs. Yuri Ramos gives up two runs. So the offense was going to need to chip in quite a bit. Got most of it done. Uh, Rafael Morel, no, Christopher Morel, excuse me. Christopher Morel had a solo homer. Brennan Davis won for three with a walk. Carlos Sepulveda, two-run homer. Late, 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 late in the game. Tennessee to the seventh, trailed six to three. And Nelson Velazquez on the shot, thereby ending the game. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Velazquez is really hitting the ball. He is, he continues. I don't know if he has a defensive position other than DH, really, but the DH is coming to baseball rather soon. The Cubs are going to have so many players who you could justify adding to the 40-man roster 
over the offseason. Who knows, maybe that's the idea behind not claiming Kevin Padlow. I wish they had claimed Kevin Padlow, but they didn't. Um, rain in the Dominican, rain in, te- in Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, and it rained in South Bend. South Bend was on Marquee Network. It got as far as the top of the third before they got rained out. So early, early, early doubleheaders in South Bend and in Myrtle Beach tonight. Um, and I think, I think tonight Tennessee is on Marquee. I think yeah, the Smokies are on Marquee tonight. So if you if you have Marquee, if you want to get caught up on a little bit of Brennan Davis stuff, feel free to do that. It was a pure full out taffy pull in the Arizona League. Um, Rafael Morel three for five, two runs scored, including a grand slam. James Triantos three for six, three RBIs. Reggie Preciado two for five, two runs scored. RBI in a walk. Christian Franklin, three for five, two runs scored. RBI. Felix Stevens, one for four, two runs scored, two RBIs with a walk. Despite it being a taffy pull, Rony Baez, three innings pitched, no runs, three walks down the stretch. Um, and Mesa beat the Mesa Cubs beat the Giants, twelve to eleven absolute taffy pull of a game there those uh i i really don't even know how much you can take out of a game like that uh but it's nice to see christian franklin getting three hits cubs have so many players who should be in the northwest league as far as you know something higher than the um something higher than the compound league something lower than full season ball if the cubs if the cubs had another i I don't know they'd have a pitching they they might just have coach pitch or give the other team a tee to hit off of but as far as having hitters yeah the james triantos i look he's up to 240 now if triantos is going to be hitting in the arizona compound league right now already that's probably a good sign um Cubs game this afternoon. Don't think there were any roster moves. Uh, let's see. Zach Davies against the Royals. Um, I was trying to figure out what I would use as a comp for watching the Cubs as a team right now. Because as you likely know, I pay attention to a lot of college games. I pay a lot of attention to minor league games. So it's possible for me to comp not the skill level, but the, I don't know, pot commitment level to this 2021 Chicago Cubs team. And right now, to me, they're kind of like... um a team from a mid-major that I had followed before. I'll use for an example East Carolina 
could also use Old Dominion or could use Coastal Carolina or, you know, one of those kind of teams that, you know, they're not the elite of the elite. But for whatever reason, I take to the team early in the college season. And right now they're like 13 and 4. They've usually been doing reasonably well against the competition you're supposed to smack around. They had that one series against the one really good team where they kind of got pounded a little bit. But I'm still interested in them. And that's basically where I am with this team. Frank Schwindel, who is he? Rafael Ortega, who is he? Uh, you know, the, the guy who on the college team translates to Patrick Wisdom. In what round do you take him in the draft? That's really how I'm looking at this Cubs team. There are so many unanswered questions. Manny Rodriguez, who is he for next year? So many of the relievers, should this guy get a 40-man roster spot? After all, Nelson Velazquez is going to be making a claim for a 40-man roster spot. Dakota Chalmers is going to be making a claim for a 40-man roster spot. And, of course, the Cubs are going to probably go out and get some free agents. This team is interesting from an assessing on into the future perspective. Because with most teams, with most Cubs teams, recently I've been very familiar with most of the players on the team. Oh yeah, you know we know we know about this guy. We know about that. We, we you know about Wilson Contreras. You know about Chris Bryant. You know about Jake Arrieta. You know about you Darvish. You know you, you're familiar. But with so many of the players on the current Cubs team, that familiarity it's not there with Jake Jewell. It's not there. It's not there with a lot of the guys on this team. And I don't know. It's not that I don't know that I'm supposed to cheer for them or not. I'm, I, I want them to do well. It's more of a question of, do I think this guy is justified for a 40-man roster spot this offseason? I really don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. And once I figure it out, then some of the questions start getting answered. But I still have quite a few questions with this team. It's, I don't know if they belong next year. And I try to be as patient as I can justify. Leave them in the center column for as long as possible. Possibly I'll move them to the left column, which is keep them around. But I know that if all of a sudden, I, you know, if I move Rafael Ortega to the keep column and then he goes two for 37, he might creep back into the center column or even the right column. With baseball, if you look hard enough, there's going to be a team that you're not familiar with. You're going to find that squad that is going to make you think, is this guy that good? And for me, that's the part about baseball that's fantastic because you really can't. 
I'm not going to even compare it to another sport. With baseball, there's so much opportunity to, is this guy advanced A good? Maybe he's an advanced A now, maybe he isn't. Then you throw in the whole, the entire um, Owen Casey ought to be in Myrtle Beach thing, which I'm not going to argue, but to get him there, you have to do things to not um, crater other people's confidence. You want to have Owen Casey get challenged, but you also want to make sure that the guys that are doing well in Myrtle Beach have a place to play themselves. It's not as easy as I have nine prospects that I like and the hell with the rest of the guys in the organization. That's not how it works. Everything has to make sense from every angle or you, or you wait a couple days. Or you wait a couple days. Okay, maybe something will become apparent today's Friday. Maybe something will become apparent by Sunday. Maybe something will be apparent by Tuesday, but it's not apparent yet. And that's how I'm looking at this Cubs team right now. Ryan Meisinger, is he worth keeping long term? I still have him center column. I still have him center column. If he was obviously bad enough to release, obviously bad enough to DFA and um put on waivers, if he was obviously that bad, then the Cubs should have done that when Kevin Padlow was available. But we don't know that yet. At least I don't. The players are in Chicago. Give them a look. Assess them. Does this player... And don't be wrong. Don't be hasty. It was incredibly easy to say, Frank Schwindel, I've never heard of this guy. Don't even consider him legitimate. He has a bad major league batch of numbers. He doesn't really have a good... Uh, but now he, ha- he has an extra base hit in how many straight games? You got to keep looking at him. And the only reason you're going to keep looking at him is because you looked at him in the first place. These players on the roster, usually you don't think of Major League Baseball games in August as, yeah, this is basically spring training. But to be realistic, to be honest about it, Cubs games right now, they're basically about spring training. Is this guy worth keeping? There's a whole bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of them. They're already in camp. They're already on the team. They're already, they might be batting sixth tomorrow. Whoever it is that you're trying to figure out, is this guy. Then you have the guys like Ian Happ and David Bodie who've been around a while, but you still have those lingering questions about them. Do they belong? Should they be retained? Should they be designated for assignment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these guys, and David Ross, his job, his job now to September now to October, is rotate players in and out, get players in the lineup, get them in the lineup, move them along, get them three starts out of four days, get them two starts out of four days, 
and assess how they are. Are these guys worth keeping around? Jason Hayward's going to stick around. Ian Happ, we're not sure. David Bodie, we're not sure. Frank Schwindel, we're not sure. They are all around right now. They are all getting looks. They are all getting looks. Some of the teams they are playing against will be contenders. Some of them will be non-contenders. The Cubs played fantastically well against the Reds, who needed those games. Those were very important games for the Reds. They expected they'd get them. They didn't. Now it's the Royals. Soon it's the Twins. Send out the guys. How are they doing? Do they do well? If the Cubs have enough 7-2 to wins, then a lot of these guys will probably stick around. They have too many 16-1 to losses. A lot of them probably won't be around. But assessing the talent. In football, so much of the time, everything is behind closed doors. What happens in the games is important, but what happens in the games was predicated by what happened in practice. In practice, in baseball, you can pick up a lot of things. You can pick up a lot of things, but if you hit really well in batting practice, in practice, but you just can't get it done in games, what you do in practice doesn't really matter all that much. The Royals are going to send out three starting pitchers that perhaps you're familiar with. Perhaps you're not. But look at the Cubs hitters. Does this guy belong? Should this guy be around in 2022? If someone worthwhile is run through the DFA wire, do we pick up the other guy? Do we pick up the other guy and wave this guy? That's what these games are about. It isn't, are we going to catch the Brewers? Are we going to catch the Cardinals? Are we going to catch... It's about, is this guy worth keeping? And there's a whole lot of that on the 26-man roster. A whole lot of it. Um, Nico Horner is practicing and sounds like he might be about ready for a rehab stint in Iowa. Perhaps the 1st of September he will be ready to return, perhaps a bit sooner than that. And that will be another left-hand column guy on the roster and someone else that would have to be made to effectively go away. Decisions on 2022 should this guy get looks? Should that other guy get looks? Um, heck, this afternoon we might even have a Janessi Fargus conclusion. Because it, either today or today, today or tomorrow, he will get finalized running through waivers. One of the two. Should know that. It, well, let's see. It's about noon now. Should probably know that. 2.30, 3 o'clock, something like that. On either Friday or Saturday. But uh, assess the data. Assess the players. Is this guy worth keeping? Do Does this guy belong here on into the future? Those are the questions for the rest of the year. Sometimes it rains and sometimes you have an opportunity to learn more 
about the talent on the team you are cheering for. Doesn't look like it's going to rain today. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Be safe. Be nice to others. And full, full, full slate of games on Tuesday. Um, Caleb Killian starting for Tennessee on Marquee tonight. So if you are of interest uh, interested in that, I think it's going to be Mick Gillespie and Jody Davis on the call. Normally it's Mick Gillespie and uh, Frank LaSalla. But on Marquee, you get Mick Gillespie and Jody Davis. Enjoy that. And hopefully there's something enjoyable in the Cubs game. Uh, by the way, I love... 120 Friday Cubs games. I love 120 Friday Cubs games because 120 Friday Cubs games should be over by 4.30 or so. And again, you've learned something about some players. You get to do some data sort, have dinner, get the lawn mowed, whatever it is. And then later that night, you'll have more games to data sort on. And with the rainouts, the suspended games in Myrtle Beach and South Bend. No, South Bend and Fayetteville. The games in South Bend and Fayetteville were rained out so early, suspended so early. Those games are starting probably right about the time the Cubs game concludes. So, hmm, I wonder what Tim's going to be doing all day long. Yeah, you're right. Have a great day.